This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Good morning, I'm Simone Cesiaris. And I'm Claire Kimball. It's Monday the 7th of June. In your Squiz today, a landmark G7 deal, more on Victoria's COVID outbreak, it's a baby girl, and why millennials in China are lying down. This is your Squiz today. Starting with the G7, Claire, where a pretty big deal has been done. Before we get into the specifics, a bit of background into what the G7 actually is. It's an organization made up of seven wealthy nations. That's Canada, France, Germany, Italy, Japan, the UK and the US. And throughout the year, ministers and officials from the member countries hold meetings where they discuss global events and form agreements. This time around, Claire, finance ministers have met in the UK where they've struck a deal to tax big tech firms. It is a big deal and it comes ahead of the Leaders' Summit, which convenes in the United Kingdom at the end of this week. Scott Morrison, our Prime Minister, is going along to that. But this deal looks at getting those nations to agree to a global minimum corporate tax rate. That would be set at 15%. What it's about is getting multinational companies to pay more tax in the countries where they do business rather than where they end up declaring their profits It's been quite an issue of recent years with some very, very big companies, particularly in the tech sector, moving their corporate headquarters to countries where they have rates of 8, 10, 12%, rather than in nations where they're actually domiciled and would need to pay rates of 20 and up to 30%, which is Australia's corporate tax rate. Yeah, it's notable because it means multinational corporations working in Australia won't be able to avoid paying their fair share of tax here if the deal is implemented. Corporations like Facebook, for example, which has been in the spotlight this year for paying $20 million in tax, despite earning more than $700 million. But Claire, some are saying it isn't enough. Some do say that that 15% rate is too low. They say that it's very easy for companies to just step over that bar and actually they need to pay tax at a higher rate. Uh, Others, though, say that it is big enough and that if it has a chance of any success, it needs to be set at a rate that it can be implemented globally, not just across those G7 nations. Yeah, lots of thoughts and opinions, as you said, Claire. But the measures will first need to find wider backing at a meeting of the G20, another international forum that's due to take place next month in Venice. To Victoria now, where over the weekend, seven new cases were reported, including two from the Arcare Nursing Home in Melbourne's northwest. That brings the total number of cases to 72. What's happened over the weekend, Claire, is officials have split the recent outbreak into three cluster groups. And there's one in particular that's worrying them the most. And that's the one in West Melbourne. It's the cluster of cases that's associated with the Delta COVID-19 variant. That's an Indian strain, and it's been found to be highly infectious. The source of that outbreak in Melbourne of that variant hasn't been found. So officials are very concerned about that. But they were a little bit more upbeat yesterday and it's possible that the lockdown will be lifted on Thursday. Yeah, yesterday, Deputy Chief Health Officer Professor Alan Chang said about 5% of Victorians have been tested for COVID over the past week. He said, and this is a quote, if there was a big outbreak going on, we would expect to have picked it up, but there's always that risk. 
A political staffer who works for former federal MP Craig Kelly was arrested on Friday afternoon for indecently assaulting and inappropriately touching his female colleagues. His name is Frank Zumbo and he's pleaded not guilty to all 18 charges against him. He is someone who has been in the media in the recent past over those allegations. Certainly Craig Kelly, his boss, has come to his defence on several occasions. Uh, Those charges were anticipated. He is out on bail and he will be able to go back to work, including with three of those women who have made complaints against him. Also in the news over the weekend was former Liberal staffer Brittany Higgins. She was hospitalised at the end of last week after months of sustained political pressure, according to her partner. Federal police have previously said they're close to preparing a report for prosecutors on her alleged rape. Former US President Donald Trump isn't having too much luck with social media, Claire. Last week, his Twitter wannabe webpage had been permanently shut down just a month after it was launched. And over the weekend, it was confirmed his Facebook and Instagram accounts will be suspended for two years. It hasn't made it any more hard, it seems, for Donald Trump to get his message out. He did a much covered speech uh, yesterday and it sounds like he's on a bit of a speaking tour. But yes, when it comes to social media, he's not having much joy there. Uh, Facebook said that that ban, which was indefinite, uh, has been restricted to a couple of years. And Trump responded by saying that he's not going to be inviting Mark Zuckerberg, the Facebook founder, to dinner at the White House when he's back in office anytime soon. Yeah, he described the decision, and this is a quote, as an insult to the record setting 75 million people, plus many others who voted for us. It's the news we've been expecting, Claire. The Duke and Duchess of Sussex have welcomed their baby girl, Lilibet Diana Mountbatten-Windsor. She was born on Friday morning in Santa Barbara in California. She will go by the name of Lily. She's not the only royal child to draw on her grandmother and great-grandmother's names. William and Kate's daughter, Princess Charlotte, has both Elizabeth and Diana as her middle names. Uh, so no eye rolling there. The Sussexes haven't done anything completely untoward. <laughs> uh, Meghan and Harry thanked their well wishes and said that she's more than they could have ever imagined. And Lilibet is a reference to Queen Elizabeth's nickname. It's used by her family and it comes from her cute pronunciation of her name when she was little. Lily is the Queen's 11th great-grandchild and is eighth in line to the throne. There's a new movement, Claire, that's come from China's millennials who have had enough of working hard for little reward. Rather than trying to keep up with society's expectations, they're choosing to lie down. Yep, Tang Ping it's called. It's a rallying cry of Chinese millennials who say that they're not getting anywhere when it comes to trying really hard. So working hard comes with little reward and that the sort of trajectory that they're on in their careers won't actually take them very far. So it's kind of like a rebellion for life on the greasy pole. They just want to lie down and take things easy and embrace more attainable achievements. That's something I can get around, Claire. Yeah, it's a real Monday pep talk, isn't it? (laughs) The term Tangping is believed to have originated in a post on a popular Chinese social media site. Might have to give it a go. (laughs) 
Squiz of the day, Claire. One to note today is the highly anticipated defamation trial brought on by ex-Aussie soldier Ben Robert Smith. That's against publications The Age, City Morning Herald and Canberra Times. And it's to do with a series of reports back in 2018 that claimed he committed war crimes, including murder, allegations he denies. Yeah, it's a trial that's going to have a long run. It could take up to three months, probably about eight weeks, though. And there's 70 witnesses lining up to give evidence. So that's certainly one to see today. Uh, Also, when it comes to potentially combative exchanges, we're going to see senior executives from the ABC before a Senate estimates hearing. Uh, Today, there's lots for them to talk about, as there always is about the public broadcaster. Also on today, it's a public holiday for those in Western Australia. Lucky ducks. Lucky ducks, indeed. That's all from us today. Thanks so much for tuning in. We'll be back again tomorrow. now from our podcast partner, BHP. The steel made from iron ore plays an important role in providing the production of our energy infrastructure, from wind turbines to power poles. So cutting carbon emissions in iron ore production is key. It's why BHP has committed to a solar and battery agreement to help power its port facilities at Port Headland. It's happening now at BHP.